0: Hello and welcome to Stay Paid. My name is Sefton Eisenhardt and with me as always is Reminder Media Company President Luke Acree and today we are also once again graced by the presence of the VP of Marketing here at Reminder Media, Joshua Stike. And last time we were on Stay Paid, we were talking about landing pages and by the time the podcast was over, we realized that there was still a lot more to talk about. So today we're going to dive even deeper into the art and craft of creating landing pages that convert. Yeah, man, there's so much meat on the bone when it comes to talking about your website, talking about your landing. Pages were on this journey. We started out with the four questions your website should answer. That led us to landing pages. And last time, we talked about the anatomy of a landing page. So we gave you guys kind of the layout of what should be on your landing page, how you should structure it. And at the end, I talked about different tools that are available for you because I know a lot of times it's intimidating when you listen to a bunch of marketers and salespeople talk about landing pages you think you can't do it. The truth is there's tons of tools out there to make it easy. And I want to talk a little bit about those tools today. But we also want to talk about the different types of landing pages because there is a lot of different types that you can talk about. But before we dive into the types, we're going to do a little trivia of what is the origin of a landing page? Where did it come from? And I'm going to pass it to my main man, Josh, because this blew my mind. I didn't realize this, that it wasn't a marketing person that came up with landing pages.
1: No, I mean, one of the coolest things uh, for me with landing pages is uh, that they were invented. I mean, there was a team at Microsoft in 2003 um they were having trouble getting uh downloads on their uh, microsoft office uh software so they actually created a landing page where its sole purpose was to get people to download that trial and it was the IT team within Microsoft uh, that invented it. So it. The IT landing team pages driving were sales. invented,
0: yes. <laughs> I feel like it's PBS. The more you know. <laughs> that was a terrible rendition of that. That was. That I thought you were a singer, man. <laughs> I know, seriously. I can't even remember the tune in my head right now. So, okay, so they started from a bunch of IT people trying to sell a product that wasn't selling, and the single focus was to drive the sales of that Microsoft product. But let's talk about the different type of landing pages there are. So, yeah. you know, we talked about you know, your homepage versus your landing page last time. But, you know, can you tell us a little bit more about maybe like a lead capture page versus a squeeze page? Give yeah. us a little take on that.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, this all comes down to uh, what your marketing objectives are, what kind of tools you have in place to follow up with these, these leads or the information that you're capturing. But the two main types, and if you do any research on landing pages, you're going to find everyone calls them something different. So don't worry too much about the terminology. Just kind of focus on the purpose and the point that you're trying to accomplish with your landing pages so one of the first ones is going to be your lead capture page or your sales page and this is where if you have an online business where you're selling product you're going to be bringing people to a page and actually converting them through a checkout process for a sale now most of our audience is probably um, they're providing a service so what they're going to want to do is capture that lead and this is really more of a, uh, a qualified lead or someone that's going to be closer to the bottom of your funnel, of your marketing funnel, and someone that uh, you're going to want to get a little bit more information out of than just a name and an email address. So this would be if you are promoting a listing, if you're a real estate agent and you're trying to capture information because that person's interested in that listing. Or it could be even um, something like uh, an, an e an ebook or an item of value that you know is putting someone, you can identify someone that's in the mindset of needing your services. So one of the examples, you had brought up an example earlier for financial advisors.
0: Right. What's interesting is what you're saying, and I want to make sure I'm catching this, is that your squeeze page is what's really the top of your funnel. Yeah. So you're trying to attract people. With some type of value item that gets them into the nurturing campaign, if Right. You so, you know, to kind of simplify it as,
1: as easily as possible, a squeeze page is really getting that email address. yeah. So squeezing me, an email address out of somebody for a return item of value. This could be
0: signing up for your newsletter. Let me make sure I'm getting this right. Your squeeze page is what you are using to attract people into your funnel yeah. to nurture them. Yeah. So and, if, if you, you, know, you look the,
1: at the marketing funnel, right, you have top of marketing funnel, which these are the people that are somewhat interested. Then you start qualifying them down the funnel you get them to the middle of the funnel and then all the way to the bottom of the funnel where you know they've requested a meeting or they've requested a listing appointment they've requested um, uh, uh, information from you that's going to help them make a decision about the services you provide so when we talk about a squeeze page your, your goal really is just to get an email address from somebody now You'll only use this if you have the tools to follow up with them in email marketing. Correct, you got to nurture them. If you don't have that email marketing in place, you're probably not going to be able to do much with just an email address. So make sure, yeah.
0: Let me give an example of like, you talked about the financial advisor. So I met a financial advisor from Merrill Lynch for coffee this morning. I was talking to him about marketing. And the example I was giving them when it came to like their marketing is this type of item of value you want to attract people. So the example I gave was, what are the top five investment recommendations That you have for 2018. You know, obviously, you know, we're in 2018, you're trying to attract clients. What would you tell them they should be investing in? Put that into some type of blog post, something that's hidden behind where they have to p- enter in a form their email address to receive it. And then you know you can really play off, if you want to, by boosting a Facebook ad and saying, top five my yeah. top five recommendations for investing in 2018. They go to the landing page, they enter in their email, and now that's your squeeze page. You're getting the email address out of them, and now you have to nurture them.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, so then you want to start working them through with additional content or even remarketing to those people to bring them back to your page. Page, maybe bring them back to a capture page where you've qualified them a little bit further, and you've kind of filtered
0: out the browsers and are really kind of focusing in on the buyers. So what's interesting is we talked about last time in the anatomy of a landing page, how you need multiple – I opened up with some statistics that if you have you know more than 40 landing pages, you increase your chances – by like 12 times versus people who have less than five. And right now, you know, and this is new to me, but right now you can almost think about your campaigns in the sense of what is the squeeze, what is the intro, the curiosity, the intriguing landing page, and then what is the closing landing page for your actual, like, nurture journey so then you know we've talked about squeeze pages and capture pages can you talk about maybe some tools that are out there because we I referenced last time that there's a lot of tools available mm-hmm. to help business professionals because a lot of our listeners are real estate agents they're insurance agents they're financial advisors so they're not marketing gurus they don't se. have an IT department correct yeah <laughs> They don't have Microsoft's IT department. So, what are some tools available that they can use to help them build landing pages? Help them make their landing pages effective? Yeah, walk us some of your walk us through some of your su- suggestions. on yes, that. Yes,
1: you do not have to do this alone. It takes a village, and um, and there's tons of resources even here. With as many things as we test, we're always going to sites um, for inspiration. Um, so, one great site that uh, I like to look at just because. It's cool because it allows you to sort um, the templates that they provide by conversion rate. And it's called leadpages.net. And you can actually drill down into different industries. So if you go to like leadpages.net and you um, sort by the best converting uh, landing pages, you can then actually look and say, well, let me see all of them in the real estate market. And then from there, you can drill down even further. Uh, and go into like a lead capture. Page. Do they
0: give you those templates then? When you see yeah. them and you drill down, then you can actually take the template yourself yep, and use you it for business. D- oh yeah, yep, that's awesome. you can
1: download them, um, install those on your site, um, or if you use like a free uh, web hosting service or something, like you have a free WordPress or Wix page or something like that. You can take those pages and install those on your on your site as well, and then you can use them as one offs.
0: That would be a great podcast. Is take yeah. one of those landing pages and break down for people exactly why we believe this is converting really well. Yeah,
1: so. you'll, you'll notice a common theme. They are all very simple. They are all very simple, and they have one... One purpose. purpose. One cold action. Yeah, yeah. I think that touches on what we touched on last time. But then if if you're trying to build pages yourself, or you're looking at um, even trying to get better with your own knowledge, uh, one of the things I love doing is there's a site called Behave.org. It used to be called whichtest1.com, which if you go to whichtest1.com, which I think is a cooler URL, (laughs) it'll actually uh, redirect you to Behave.org, but... Um, what they do is they have a, like a monthly uh, test where you can okay. go and they'll present you with either uh, two email address two emails with subject lines or two landing pages and then you can guess which one perform better. So you can kind of refine your skill over time to see if you can guess which copy and which design and which pages are are converting better. But the cool thing about this and one of the reasons why it's even a great um, a great example, if you go there, you can see how they are, uh, working people through their funnel. At the end of the day, like this is a value add that they've created for their site to get people to come there and interact with it. It's not their. their it draws an audience. Yeah, their That's, business yep. isn't uh, testing. You know, having right. landing page tests. Their business is selling information and coaching on how to do marketing better. And then they have conferences that they want you to sign up for and register and, and pay brilliant. lots of money to go to. But they're bringing you there. To uh, to as a game, you know, they're gamifying it, and then uh, in order to capture your information, they're saying, "Well, you want more than the monthly test? Sign up for our weekly test, right?" And now you're on their drip list, and you're, they're nurturing you and trying to bring you into their fold.
0: No, I love that, and it really is something that you should focus on, especially with your squeeze pages. Is don't try to focus necessarily on the service you're selling. Focus on the value you're giving yeah. to the actual recipient or the person who's actually coming to the landing I page. I mean, you could
1: do something like, and this would take a little bit of work, but just kind of, you could do like which house sold the most. Yes, right, exactly. Yeah, no, a great point. We have one that we just created that is, can you guess your home's value, right? And then whenever you submit that, it'll it'll uh, spring back a um, the number from Zillow or from other sites that have a uh, value estimates on it. But then we're trying to get them to then convert to say, well, in reality, look at your guess, look at what the internet's saying neither one of those numbers is correct. Correct. You have to hire, or you have to speak to a local professional that's going to know your community, and then that's your lead capture.
0: I love it. That is a great tangible example for any real estate agent out there because it is tied to your business, but it's not exactly what you're trying to do. Right. Uh, So that's beautiful. So behave.org. And then I think you're touching on a great point that we don't want to miss, is that if you're not testing and tracking your landing pages... What's the point? You need to make sure that you use the opportunity to A-B test and track in everything you're doing. And so you can simply track even by just watching your Google Analytics that, you know, maybe we can talk or put in the show notes how to actually do Google Analytics. Maybe we'll write a blog on <laughs> That'd it. That'd be a very to, long show yeah, note. <laughs> uh, put a blog on it, link there. But, you know, you can track how, you know, when you post this landing page, how many people are coming to it when you post an ad. But talk to us, before we jump into the metrics, talk to us a little bit about, like, images. Because we yeah. talked in the anatomy of a landing page. Yeah. We said the hero image, it has mm-hmm. to be compelling, has to invoke emotion, all those good things. Where can people find images, yep. you know, because that's a hard thing to do. We're not all photographers. We live in an
1: amazing time. Where we have invented this thing called Creative Commons Zero licensing, what that means is it's a community-driven fo- uh, photo licensing. Center. So what it means you, free, right? What you used to have to do in order to get photography, you'd either have to hire someone to take photos, or you'd have to order a disk of images that were licensed to you to be able to use. Then, as we started getting further in, you know, the digital culture, we began seeing these royalty-free images that you'd still have to purchase. Now we're now we're community-driven. And there's sites that give you beautiful photography um, and stock photography, but it's absolutely gorgeous uh, for free. And it's completely, um, there's there's zero license. And what you want to do, and we have a couple examples, but in order to find some, Google search Creative Commons zero license or CC zero license images. And that'll give you a ton of examples. And just make sure you look in their license agreement. Most of them have a license link at the top or at the bottom that will tell you what the usage rights are. But pexels.com is a great one. P-E-X-E-L-S.com is one that we use a lot. Uh, snoc- uh, stocksnap.io is another one. We'll put these in the sn- in the show notes. Uh, unsplash.com is another great example. Um, and what I do is I usually ask the youngest person on our web team what the coolest new stock photography site is. There you go. Is. I actually <laughs> have a
0: question on when it comes to photography, or I should say when it comes to images. Does your image have to be what you're kind of – or correlate it to what you're presenting and what you're selling? Or can you use an image that maybe doesn't have to be exactly correlated to what you're selling, but it's so show-stopping yeah. that it gets people to pause? Do you have an opinion on that?
1: Well, it, it again, a lot of it depends on what what you are using that image for. But um, try and make sure that you're always at least speaking to your demographic. You okay. know? So if, if you're – If your demographic is empty nesters or your demographic is baby boomers or your demographic is millennials, like try and figure out what what's going to appeal to them. And the subject matter itself can change based on your marketing copy or your campaign or what you're selling. Um, But make sure that you're always thinking about the person who's looking at your website Uh, and trying to emote that emotion through the images uh, as much as you're going to be trying to do in your sales pitch or with your copy.
0: No, I love it. And that really leads into the perfect segue into our next point, which is tracking. So all this, you you know, we can give our opinions and stuff on, and there's no magic formula. That means you have to track, you know, the successes and what you're trying to accomplish with your landing page. So let's talk a little bit about tracking and what you should track on the landing page, what you should pay attention to. What are your thoughts on that? I love tracking. I love statistics. This, it, we got a it, numbers guy in front because, of us. No.
1: It simplifies it's it simplifies everything with your goals, because you can look at the numbers. You can see what's working. You can test and compare and then determine what to do more of and what to do less of. But on landing pages, you know what you want to do, and this is, uh, you do have to get into your Google Analytics to figure um, uh, this out, or if you're using another site that's tracking uh, page visitors. But you want to look at total unique visitors, and you want to look at your cost per visitor. So if you are doing paid advertising, you need to factor that into your total cost per visitor. And what we do, what a lot of businesses do, small businesses do, is they leave out things like your hosting costs. How much does it cost you a month to have that website up? Mm-hmm. Include that in your cost. Include your personnel. If you have someone running your website, if you have um, an admin on your team who is responsible for that, include that portion of their time because this is all what is costing you to be online and what really those those visitors are, are um
0: You realize that it's the same as your landing page is the same as like your phone calls in the sense of what you're trying to do is build a system that you can replicate time and time again, and that's what tracking is all about. It's building some type of system where it's look, it's 150 phone calls a day. 100 of them will be voicemails. 50 will pick up. 20 will actually talk to you. Out of the 20, you can actually close two. But you know that, and now every day you're modeling your business and you're fine tuning it. Off of those metrics. And that's just a point I don't want to, you know, gloss over, is that the point of your statistics and the point of your tracking is to help you refine and build a replicatable system yeah. for you. So we talk about, you know, you want to look at your total unique visitors, your cost per visitor. We again reference Google Analytics. So I think it's a good idea. Let's write a blog on that so people have that <laughs> in the show. Notes. Louise. Yeah, that's up to you, Sefton. You gotta write a blog on Google Analytics so they have something tangible. But then let's talk about kind of, I guess, you know. How do you track if you're boosting ads like on Facebook, right? And you're boosting ads on Google AdWords and other things like that, and you have your landing pages? Is there anything specific people should be looking for? Is it, you know, now you have Facebook that you're looking at, and then you have your Google Analytics that you're looking at. How do we measure that? What do we use? Because we're doing, I think, you know, thousands, 20,000 plus a month on Facebook alone. You know, what are we looking at when we're measuring our Facebook ads that lead to our landing pages?
1: So then next thing we look at is total number of leads, and then we do the cost per lead. So same thing, whatever you're spending on your ads or your efforts to get people to those pages to convert them to leads, uh, look look at that number. Uh, and look at this stuff on like a monthly basis. Don't look at it on a daily basis. You will drive yourself nuts. You have to let this stuff play out over time, especially when you're dealing with digital advertising because any digital advertising is going to take time to ramp up, and then you want to go back and look at it at least on a monthly basis.
0: Is the ramp-up speed different per avenue? Like Google's yeah. ramp-up speed is different than Facebook's? Because I know yeah. Facebook, you talked about seven days. It's like takes seven days for Facebook's algorithm to kind of find the target audience, ramp it up, and, and deliver it. So, yeah,
1: now I've let ads run even longer than that, that I still, you know, we were seeing some good results or we were seeing good click-through rate. We just weren't seeing the best landing page conversion rate. So we tweak our landing page, leave the ad the same, and then start to uh, continue to refine after that so that we can <clears throat> see, if, uh, see if that ad would work longer over time. And, and sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't, but we know that, hey, here's our budget, here's what we have to spend, here's what we have to get.
0: Gotcha. And I think a point that you should um, look at when you're doing your Facebook, which leads to a landing page, is that Your target audience that you're going after, and this may be in another podcast, we'll talk specifically about creating Facebook ads and and fine-tuning your target audience, but just because you're not converting, right, doesn't mean you have a bad landing page necessarily. It could be that your audience is totally wrong that you're targeting, that you're actually trying to draw your landing page visitors to. Yeah,
1: so the best thing to do there would be create a whole new campaign with a whole new ad, a whole new landing page, and point it towards that same audience.
0: And that's going to tell you whether it's the audience or the creative. Perfect. Now that's great. And that goes back to A-B testing. So let's work backwards a little bit for them. And let's give them kind of a walkthrough of how you would maybe reverse engineer what your goals are and what you're trying to accomplish by doing landing pages and driving leads.
1: Yeah. So if, if um, I mean, this is the same thing we do for our business. So we know what our revenue goals are going to be for the year. We work backwards in terms of all right. Well, if if we know what our revenue goals, how much um, how much is each client worth or each customer uh, account going to produce in revenue, and then we work backwards. Well, how many transactions do we need? So, if we we're looking at real estate as an example, and um, I pulled some numbers, just uh, whether or not these are a hundred percent, you know, your goals or not, you know, the the numbers are. Uh, the equation remains the same. Yeah, the algorithm is the same. You want
0: to walk through this in your own business. Yeah.
1: So if you wanted to draw, let's just say you wanted $500,000 in revenue, um, that's going to be your income before your expenses. So before you take everything out as a realtor and your average home sales, $300,000, your commission on that, or your your GCI is going to be 9,000. Right. Right. So then we know what we kind of need to get uh, from that. We need 56 transactions needed for the year, if that's our revenue goal for the year, or about 4.6 per month. Right. From there, then, we work all the way backwards. And these numbers are going to change for your business. These numbers are going to change for any of your advertising. But we look at um, some general statistics, and we know that if if a realtor is going to get a listing appointment, 80% of those listing appointments are going to convert to that uh, taking that seller listing, right? And then 65 of those listings will actually sell. So that would be kind of the walking through, all right? Well, then right. then it becomes well then, great, how many listing appointments do I need to Correct, get, right? exactly. So then you go back to, well, to get listing appointments, you need leads. So if we can bring um, people to our landing page and we can get people to convert on that page, let's just say 20% of people that come to our landing page will convert into a lead for my business, and then I reach out to those, I pick up the phone, I give those people a call, 5% of those are, are actually going to then convert to a seller or a listing appointment. So if we work all the way backwards with all that math what it ends up looking like in order to get $500,000 in revenue with those numbers, we need to get 875 visitors to your site per month. 175 of those are going to convert to leads for your business. 8.5 of those will become listing appointments, seven of which are going to list with you. 4.6 4.6 of which will sell, get you those 56 transactions
0: a year. Yeah, see how easy that is, guys? It's just numbers. <laughs> it's it's just, just numbers on a piece of paper. No, I think it will be good. We'll put this in the show notes as well. This little, you know, I guess, bench transaction benchmark, this algorithm, as you would call it. But that's how you need to think about your business and think about your marketing is what's the end goal? You know, Stephen Covey began with the end in mind. What's the end goal? What revenue do you want to drive? Reverse engineer. And then what you can really do is offer your statistics. Um, and then that's going to show you how much effort effort you're gonna to have to put into your marketing, how much you're gonna actually have to spend, how many landing you can Yeah, pages The next question becomes create. how are
1: you going to get eight hundred and seventy-five people to your page right. each month? Right. So That's we walk question.
0: through this with our real estate agents and our coaching all the time. It's that, you know, hey look, there's eight different ways you can generate leads from FISBO's expired listings, your community you know, your sphere of influence. There's different ways. So we have to pick which avenue we want to do, where we want to spend our money and, you know, kind of focus and hammer down on that. So there you have it. Hopefully you have a solid working understanding of how and where to create some great landing pages. Please, 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 if you like what you're hearing, give us a five-star review and a positive comment on iTunes. I'd like to thank Josh Stike again for joining us. My name is Sefton Eisenhart. And I'm Luke Akery guys, and I'll close with this. Take action on something you've heard. Go check out the show notes at staypaidpodcast.com. Use thebehavior.org. You know, test your landing pages, but take action on something you've heard today. The difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer is top producers take action.